Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere, hang on, hang on, hang on. Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the GoGo Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Metamorpho number 5, cover date March-April 1966, cover price 12 cents, cover artist Joe Orlando and Charles Paris, edited by George Cashtan, featuring Will the Real Metamorpho Please Stand Up, writer Bob Haney, artist Joe Orlando and Charles Paris. And All-American Men of War, number 114, cover date March-April 1966, cover price 12 cents, cover artist Joe Kubert, edited by Robert Kaniger, featuring The Ace Who Died Twice, starring Steve Savage Balloon Buster, performed for you by the Our All-American Fighting Men of War at War players. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go! Simon Stagg and architect Edifice K. Bulwark worked to design a building made from new chemicals which can transform to accommodate multiple functions. They need Metamorpho to construct their building, but Rex refuses to help. Stagg then performs an experiment on Bulwark, changing him into a second element man. Bulwark then constructs the building using his new powers. When the building is finished, Stagg and Bulwark ride the elevator to the top. A mishap causes the elevator to break, but the new element man saves them. When the building undergoes the first transformation, it goes berserk, destroying other buildings and endangering Stag. The real Metamorpho returns and battles Bulwark. Rex must also work to protect the city from the rogue skyscraper. Rex finally defeats Bulwark, then changes into a meteor to smash the building. Stag's experiment then wears off, permanently removing Bulwark's powers. Meanwhile, back in World War I, Lieutenant Steve Savage destroys two enemy balloons and a train, then returns to his airbase. He is followed by two German planes. Savage takes to the air again to shoot them down, but he is blamed for leading them there. The general excuses Savage for the mistake because he admires his fighting ability. Later, when the Germans attack a French town, Savage rescues a young French woman. Her brother, a pilot named Raoul, returns from combat, having been shot down by a German called the Undertaker. Savage allows the Frenchman to take his plane up to get his revenge. As the plane takes off, Savage is forced to ride on the wing. He promises Raoul that he will allow him to kill the Undertaker. Raoul succeeds with Savage's help, but the Frenchman dies in the process. Savage then takes over the controls and lands the plane. Confused? You shouldn't be. We'll be right back to explain everything. Mason was his real name. Metamorpho, metamorpho. A soldier of fortune didn't care about fame. Metamorpho, metamorpho. Until fate took a hand in the game. What a change, so strange. Metamorpho, metamorpho. 
Dr. Husband. Yes. Hi. Hi. So, um, were you familiar with Metamorpho before this very moment? I knew Metamorpho only from the record that I had as a child. Yes, I've just played that song. Okay. Um, and so now everyone's familiar with it. This is the story of the Element Man. So you don't need to hear anything else about Metamorpho. You understand the story. Uh, basically, he's a guy who was in an Egyptian pyramid, and he was a, was he a soldier of fortune? Yes, a soldier of fortune. He's not interested in fame. And there's something like the staff fortune. of Ra, the star, star of Ra, or something like uh, that. The orb of the Ra. The orb of Ra. The round thing of Ra. And he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, and he was changed into the element man, and he has the ability to use to change into um, any element he can conceive of or, or combinations of elements, and, and, and that's it. Well, in fact, he was in the right place at the wrong time because he was sent to retrieve the Orb of Ra by millionaire Simon Stagg because it was reputed to have great mystic powers. And Mason, Rex Mason, Mm -hmm. accepted the assignment thinking that the large fee offered him by Stagg would enable him to marry Stagg's daughter, Sapphire. Sapphire. But uh, unknown to Mason, Stagg's servant, the resurrected Neanderthal, Named Java. Tall. Tall what? Neanderthal. Oh, come on. I know everything about imitation cavemen, all right? Java. It's Neanderthal. Okay, whatever. His name Java. Uh, he had orders to maroon Mason in the orb's resting place, the lost pyramid of Akhtan in the valley of the Upper Nile. Attempting to escape, Mason was exposed to the rays of a meteor that was the source of the Orb of Ra, its unearthly emanations permanently altering the molecular makeup of his body. In public, Mason wears a special synthetic mask designed to resemble his original features. Okay. Um, Because he's so ugly underneath the mask. He's very ugly. Yeah, why does Sapphire like him? Well... Because he's a sweet man. He's a... yeah, Yeah. He's a soldier of fortune. And maybe she has some... Daddy issues. We'll also get to that. Originally, Mm -hmm. Metamorpho could only turn into elements that were found within the human body. Okay. Now, I don't know if they stuck to that forever. Calcium. Calcium. But he turns into all kinds of cobalt and everything. I don't know. What's the human body made of? Water, mostly. No idea. Well, uh, yeah. Water, carbon, calcium, sodium. Yeah. Stuff. Beauty. Love. Oh, those aren't hydrogen. elements, are they? Hydrogen. Hydrogen. Mm-hmm. Certainly, everything has hydrogen in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see. We've got a millionaire with a bad haircut who has a pretty blonde daughter 
and uh, a Neanderthal follower. <laughs> this all sounds crazy. Nothing like that could ever happen in real life. Not at all. I really like the purple-orange color combination. Okay. As featured in Metamorpho's torso. Mm-hmm. That's not a costume. That's his body. That's his body. Uh, the black trunks, though, are covering for modesty's sake. Yes, yes, with a big M mm-hmm. belt buckle. Hey, how'd the other guy get an M belt buckle? Uh, I have no idea. You know why I like orange and purple so much? No. You remember Triplicate Girl? Yes, the girl who uh, more, uh, who stood by and witnessed her own wake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would do that, wouldn't you? Well, if you're Mark Twain, you might enjoy it. Did he do that? He did Knuckleberry Finn. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Triplicate Girl, when one of her bodies died and she became Duo Damsel. Yes. Later on, she had a costume that was half orange and half purple. Okay. And then when she split into two, one had all orange, one had all purple. Oh. But the, Those are great colors together. They re- I don't know why they would be. It doesn't seem well, intuitive. Well, they're, they're, I don't know if they're complementary colors. or I think that must be something about that, being complementary. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds scientific. Um, Metamorpho was created by writer Bob Haney mm-hmm. and artist Ramona Freyden. Yes. Who was a woman working in the comics in the 1950s and 60s. Which Hence was the name Ramona. Well, yes, but that was quite unusual. Is it? Yes. Was there, it? Rather, I should say. Yes. Okay. Not many women working professionally, but Ramona Freyden created Metamorpho. Mm-hmm. She did uh, a lot of work on Aquaman. Aquaman. In fact, she created Aqualad. Then in the 70s, she did a big long run on the Super Friends comic. Was um, Aquaman or Aqualad, was Aqualad the nephew of Aquaman or the young version of Aquaman? Uh, neither. Oh. Aqualad was an orphan of left to die. Who <laughs> on Aquaman, the beach. <laughs> I think he actually was left on the beach because he had uh, purple eyes, which was kind of a th- mutant throwback thing mm-hmm. that... People mistrusted him, and so right. they left him to die. And Aquaman found him and raised him. And here we are, okay. Aquaman and Aqualad. Metamorpho, great colors on the cover. Yes. What was I going to say? Oh, Bob Haney. The artist. No, the, the writer. Writer. Okay. Now, I know you mentioned earlier that you had identified some very... Some common traits. Common traits. That, that, that I noticed with the Metamorpho comic that there was a sense of movement that the language the slang was heavily incorporated into the into their language into their narrative yeah um and i got this sense of of, a, of an urgency and i said i'm beginning to see a trend what is it that i'm seeing why is it that i'm beginning to, to understand a style a consistent kind of style to all these comics does this remind you of anything we've seen before Metalman and yeah. Batman versus Apocalypso. It's Eclipso. Apocalypso. So Batman versus Eclipso mm-hmm. was written by Bob Haney. Bob Haney. Who also created Eclipso, by the way. Yeah. Who was um, the actor in Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Um, Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. Okay. It's different. That's not the same. No, he wasn't an artist, was he? Not that I know of. No, he may be. He has Alzheimer's now, Oh. so it's we don't want to. Talk Isn't about that what that. we're all destined to get? That or cancer? Probably. My grandmother always said that deodorant with aluminum in it caused Alzheimer's, so she only would use ban deodorant. Well, it didn't help, or did it? It didn't, because she actually had Alzheimer's got some kind of or Alzheimer's. dementia or something. Um, she thought I was her son for a while. 
So, so we were talking about the artist. We were talking about... Um, no, writer. The writer. Yes. And a consistent theme. Yes. And the idea that this reminded me a lot of the Batman uh, television show. Yes. So I'm going to propose something. What? I'm going to propose that this comic... Here we are in episode six. That this is the first comic to fully embrace the go-go check sensibility. And the go-go check sensibility is... Uh, campy, mm-hmm. mod, lots 60s, of slang. lots of youthful slang mm-hmm. trying to hook into the youth market. Mm-hmm. Uh, just crazy stuff. And not very serious, perhaps? Or? Well, th- now let's well, talk well, about well, Bob Haney. Okay, Bob Haney. Okay. Bob Haney, mm-hmm. unlike most other comic book writers in the history of comics, didn't give a F for realism or continuity, or logic, or science, or physics, or anything. Well, you can't screw around with metamorpho, because some of the readers might understand how chemicals are put together. Well, trust me, he did screw around with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're reading a Bob Haney story, mm-hmm. you your instinct is to say, this doesn't make any sense. Sure. This can't happen. Yeah. In any imaginary or real universe. And we're going to get more of this. So Spider-Man. Is a different company, but go on. Uh, his boss, uh, rather, rather, Peter Parker's boss yes. is... J. Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah Jameson. Editor of the Daily Beagle. And so Simon Stagg is drawn very much like J. Jonah Jameson. Well, J. Jonah Jameson has a crew cut. But he has the black and the white hair and the, and yeah. the extreme chin and yeah. the, the harsh look. Yeah. Yeah. Simon Stagg has more of a kind of a comb over with uh, Wolverine wings. With what on wings? The sides. Wolverine, Wolverine wings. Or maybe what's Wolverine? called a Farrah Fawcett feathering on the sides. She it's would a, just, never it's have a really that. odd hair. Yeah. Yeah. We open with Rex Mason in disguise. Yes. And Sapphire Stagg. Daughter of Simon Stagg. Wearing what I think is a fez on his head. It, I mean, it, would, it is a fez. Yeah. It's a fur fez. fez. Well, he's a soldier of fortune. He probably picked that up in Russia mm-hmm. on one of his many travels. Fortune hunting mm-hmm. jaunts. Uh, on the subway and someone there, he's got armfuls of Christmas presents. So he, there's a bomb on the subway. Mm-hmm. So he forms his mouth into uh, the end of a Hoover vacuum. Yes. Takes it into his body. And it explodes. Mm-hmm. And blows his mask right off his face. Yeah. The mask doesn't look too happy with that. No. He lost the fez, too. Yeah. He blew the clothes right off his body, too. Now, Metamorpho... But he kept, he kept the, the underwear. That, thank God. Who knows mm. what that looks like? Mm. The rest of his body is so weird. <laughs> so Metamorpho is ugly. He is hideous. He's, in fact, subtitled The Freak of a Thousand Changes. Yet the public adores him. Yeah. They want his autograph. Uh, Sapphire's making out with him in the back of the car that Java is driving. His face looks like it's been kicked in. A lot. It does, like when I first became aware of Metamorpho, I thought he had no nose. Me too. But if you look at um, Stag, what's his name? Simon Stag. Simon Stag. Yeah. He also looks like he has no nose. True. This 
issue is drawn by Joe Orlando, not Ramona Freyden. This was the first issue that she didn't draw. She only did the first four issues. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they're not go-go checked. So we can't consider them in our evaluation. So Simon Stagg's going to build this new building in the middle of whatever town they're in. Mm -hmm. New York, does it say where they are? I don't remember the town. It doesn't matter. It's well, a there's a subway, city. so it's got to be New York right. or, or Chicago. Or... Right. Or London. They're not in London. I know. Or... I was just saying that. Right. Um, the building is going to be five times larger than any other skyscraper in the city. Yeah. And it's going to have its heaviest structure. At the top. At the top. Yeah. Which means it would crack in two and fall over. Well, it's it made of chemicals. What? What does that mean? I, you know, all I can think of is, is the gelatin you make. Yeah. And, you know, I, I I don't know how it stays together, so I don't know. What I think of is plastics when I think of chemicals making things. So the thing is, it turns from a skyscraper into a stadium. Yeah. What about all the furniture and the people inside when it turns in from a skyscraper into a stadium? Do they just get squished and reprocessed well, into the chemicals? I mean, I hope that someone has thought that through, but I doubt that they well, have. Well, we don't see it later on that anyone's thought it through. Simon Stagg has brought in his architect friend, Edifice K. Bulwark. Now, Which is that's, a great name for an architect. Edifice it's a fantastic name Bulwark. for an architect. Bulwark. How do you say it? Bulwark? Bulwark. February. February? February. Edifice K. Bulwark. Um, who's going to build... The metamorpho of skyscrapers, mm -hmm. as it were. You know, metamorpho is kind of like a one-man metal man. He's only limited by his imagination and science. Right. And in fact, here we are on page seven. He turns his arm into a Christmas tree. So, okay, my first problem with this is on page uh, six when, when they get into it, when Simon Stagg and metamorpho get into it. Yeah. And they want this edifice cable work to... Uh, Simon Stagg would like to build uh, the... Chemo skyscraper, yeah, and uh, that that Edifice K Bulwark has designed, and he wants Metamorpho to help. And Metamorpho says, "Wait a second, this magazine I got, um, this mag, it's got an article in here about your pal Bulwark. I see this whole chemical building idea is a crazy crackpot dream." Yeah, it, and the the headline in the magazine article is "Big Builders Chemo Skyscraper Potential Threat Sure to Backfire." Yeah. What, has he been carrying that around in his back pocket? Well, he doesn't have pockets because all he's wearing is trunks. Um, I imagine the magazine was thoughtfully placed on a table in the lobby of wherever they are. I guess it's Simon Stagg's apartment. Hmm. Or maybe Sapphire had it in her handbag. I really don't oh, know. I, I, I don't know, but I mean, when you think about when when you're when you're having an argument with a friend and you think yeah. about some sort of factual information that you yeah. have to pull up. You don't just have that magazine sitting around at that that newspaper on the, um, on the table. That's not how life works. But again, we're on an adventure here, aren't we? Yes, and it's Bob Haney. Mm -hmm. So where do they go? Metamorpho and Sapphire all of a sudden are on a tropical island. Well, she just gets so frustrated. Uh, Metamorpho walks out after the fight, and she follows her her sweetheart. Yeah, and they decide to go take a vacation during Christmas. And he and they go to a tropical island. She's, and they're gone for two weeks. Her bikini top, I'm not sure how that's staying up because it 
there's nothing hooked over her shoulders or neck. And the way that her, what do we call these in polite society? Lungs. That's what my mother would say. She's about to lose a lung. Yeah. yeah I, I don't really know. I, I'm, I'm distracted by the fact that Metamorpho is on the beach with her and then creates a Christmas tree. Presto changeo, a chloride tree with bromine balls and a shell for little girls who still believe in Santas with calcium beards. Yeah. Who cares what he makes it out of? And how is he... It's like he's doing a plank, but no, his arms are not involved. He's well, he's, holding, got, he's propping himself up on one plank, but he's got a nautilus shell on his neck. But he's holding a shell and then creating a Christmas tree with his Oh, that's true. Right maybe he's extended his arm to do a nice cobra pose. Or maybe he's the beach. Maybe he's turned his legs into the beach. Like Danny the Earth? Or Danny the Street? Oh, that's a good reference. Some of our listeners will get that. Hmm. Um, moving forward. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. There's lots of machinations going on here behind the scenes. Simon Stagg and Edifice K. Bulwark. Oh, the Orb of Ra. The Orb of Ra. Now, listen. Okay, so I just Ra- want to say. Yeah. Edifice K. Bulwark looks like a hideous, skinny, freakish man. Yeah, then he, that, takes and then he takes he's a shirt jacked. off. And then he takes a shirt off. And I'm like, I would like to look like that. Exactly. He's ripped. He's got like a 12-pack. No kidding. Um, so the Orb of Ra, did we mention this already? It can harm Metamorpho. That's kind of how... Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. So that's how Simon kind of can keep control of Metamorpho. Not only because Metamorpho wants to marry his daughter, but if Metamorpho gets out of hand, the Orb of Ra... Can hurt him. Can weaken him. Well, he should use it to help change him back to normal. Well, I don't think it works like that. Otherwise, he would have done it. So, (sighs) Java. Java is an unfrozen caveman. Mm -hmm. Monkey boy. Long tradition of fictional cavemen, Mm -hmm. which I know all about. Um, We're going to see another caveman in a couple of weeks. Also written by Bob Haney. Okay. In Teen Titans. So I don't know if Bob Haney had a particular fascination with cavemen. I'll do some Google research hmm. before our next, before our episode with the Teen I Titans. I know someone who has a fascination with cavemen. It's me. I love cavemen. I love caveman movies. I love caveman comics. I love caveman art? stories. You have art? Art. I have caveman art tattoo on my arm. I even love real stories of cavemen. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was a caveman. In a past life. What page are you on now? I'm on the letters page. Oh, Butler's pounding his paws into my back. I know, but you love him so. I do. He, wants, he wants me to scratch to his belly. Butler. He loves he you, so. you so. Captain Butler's the dog. Everyone yeah. that you hear scratching and licking Groaning in the background. In the background. I, I was scratching his belly silently, and then I stopped, and he went... <laughs> I had to insist for our listeners... That the sanity, squeaky toy that the squeaky be, toy be hidden taken away. from him. Um, the letters page is filled with letters from girls praising Metamorpho. Praising Metamorpho. Irene Vartanoff of Bethesda, <laughs> Maryland. <laughs> Just about 90 minutes from here. She is so excited that there's a letter page in Metamorpho and says, Metamorpho, baby, you're my kind of man. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have Green Lantern, well, <laughs> you know all about 
Green Lantern. I know all about Green Lantern. Uh, we'll be getting to that in a couple of weeks. <gasps> really? Sure. Oh my god, I'm so excited. He's like, he is my favorite comics character. What do you like about him? Uh, I like his hair. Yeah. I like the fact that he's only limited by his imagination to create his powers. I like yeah. that there's a lineage related to his ring. Uh, yeah. and the and that there's a, a, a kind of a deep story there. Yeah. Um I like his outfit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the fact that he was a pilot. Uh yes, test pilot, wasn't yeah. he? Um well the same thing, right? What? Test pilot, he was he actually took it off the ground. Well yeah, but I mean he wasn't just like a commercial airline. Oh pilot. no, no, he, he was, was a, a test pilot. Fighter yeah. pilot. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. So Karen Conley of Chillicothe, Ohio also uh, likes Metamorpho, but also thinks that Sapphire is the most beautiful picture of a woman in the whole magazine. Sapphire has extreme cat eyes. Extreme cat eyes! Now, we have to remember that these letters are commenting on a different artist of Sapphire. I don't think Sapphire is that pretty here. Boy, she's the greatest in a swimsuit. I'll say, because her swimsuit won't stay up. And you were pretty neat when you pulled that cobalt shield trick to protect her. Karen Conley, Chillicothe, Ohio. Now, does the human body have cobalt in it? I don't even care. I'm going to need some scientists. I wa- you know, can we just touch. move on? Yes. <laughs> Someone will know. We need to bring in a scientist like your sister. I've got a scientist on board to do the next metalman. You do? Yes. We need a nurse. <gasps> You're a nurse You, you make, make a difference Well, I know a nurse, so we'll get one on board mm-hmm. Although, I did talk to my nurse friend last night She couldn't be bothered to listen to our podcast Nurse friend? Yes Okay You know who I'm talking about Okay My sister <laughs> um, She won't listen to our podcast? No, she doesn't like comic books So, that's that well, Maybe she'll go. be interested if she's on it um, we should do a podcast about wine. She'd listen then. Oh, snap. So we're moving on. The building's been built. Oh, yes. Flipping pages. By the fake Metamorpho. Fake Metamorpho! Rex Mason and Sapphire are back from their vacation. With so many gifts, it... It's ridiculous. Java's got a pile of gifts stacked on the back of his back. Nine feet high. Tied to his back, in fact. Mm-hmm. Like well, a pack mule. You know, Neanderthals were much more muscular Tolls. than... Human beings. In the upper body. Right. They also had wider nostrils so they could get more oxygen. God, Metamorpho is ugly. I mean, he really is. It looks, like he, it looks like he smashed his face into a wall. Yeah, he's not very attractive. And why does Sapphire, with her extreme cat eyes, like him so much? Well, I mean, he's been a soldier of fortune, so he must have some money. He has a heart of gold. Oh, I see what you did there. I didn't. It just came to me. Um, Brilliant. Look at this on page 12. Yes. Look at the bottom panel. Yes. Sapphire's got a bonsai tree in her room. She does. Isn't that? What if she find the time to work on that? I don't know, but who would have thought that in the 1960s people were talking about bonsai? Oh, I'm sure they were. You know, I had a bonsai tree one time. You did? Mm-hmm. And? Oh, it didn't last very long because I just... They... they take very long to grow and yeah. i just kept on think, looking at it going well i'm sure i could just clip this leaf here and clip yeah. this leaf here. by the time i was done you know i was just poor thing and just like a twig with a two with two little leaves on it Aww. yeah it's okay well the fake metamorpho comes in and starts battling the real metamorpho yes 
Now look at the things they can do. One of them is making cobalt fists. I see that. And the other one is? The other one is making a magnet. Yes. Your traditional red and white striped magnet yeah. out of his arm. Mm-hmm. Because cobalt's magnetic, you know. Mm-hmm. Simon Stagg bursts in, reveals that Metamorpho 2 has built the chemo scraper. Chemo? Chemo. How are we pronouncing Chemo. That? Like chemical... Yeah, chemo. Chemo. We say chemotherapy. Chemo scraper. We flash forward to the next day. Yes. The mayor is cutting the ribbon of the new building. Wait. You completely skipped over the fact that Java is absolutely obsessed with, with Sapphire. Sapphire. Oh, yeah. Every single second that he gets to think out loud or that he is given dialogue, it is all about Sapphire. And how much he hates Metamorpho. Yeah. I Well, come on. If you are objectively looking at the two of them, Metamorpho mm-hmm. and Java... He would think he had a chance with her. Right. I mean... Honestly, he's more attractive than Metamorpho is, even though he's a caveman. Hmm. You know, I'm, go- I'm not going to. I, I, I disagree, but you know, whatever. You would go with Metamorpho with smash face and no nose. I over would just a walk away. Caveman. I'd take a credit card and go on a vacation forever. My mother had an uncle, Uncle Harv. Yes. She always said he looked like a monkey. <laughs> and in fact, <laughs> in old photos, he does look a lot like Java. <laughs> Did he have a deep set brow? Deep, deep set brow, uh-huh. yes. Uh, low hairline, mm-hmm. and that kind of you know scowly mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did look like a caveman. Hmm. What Maybe page are you on? Now? I'm on page fourteen. Okay. The building's being opened. Rex Mason is here. In it looks disguise. kind of like the Space Needle a little bit. It does look like the Space Needle, except. Not possible to actually build in real life. Right. Because there's no, nothing to support the base. Right. Now, I'm not a scientist or an architect, but I can... But I know how wind and large structures yeah, work, and that wouldn't stand up. I can tell you that's going to topple over. Yeah. The whole group of them get into the elevator. Fake Metamorpho, Simon Stagg, Sapphire, Java, and the mayor. And the elevator goes crazy. Much like the trackpad on my MacBook, I have to tell you. Really? It's, first of all, it goes places that I don't want it to go. Okay. Sometimes it just moves by itself. Sometimes it will just make the screen giant size, like expand all the text so it's giant size like I'm blind. Hmm. This all happened since last night when I just got a little water on it while I was cooking because I had pulled pull up oh, recipe on my... Oh, no. What? On the trackpad? Yeah. Have you wiped it down with like a cloth? Several times. Oh, my gosh, Bob. Well... You better call the Genius Bar. I don't have time for that. You better make time if your computer doesn't work. Do you know how far I live from a Mac store? I do. Two hours. Uh, I don't know why they can't come to me. It just doesn't work. Don't they know who I am? Why didn't they put one in Frederick, Maryland? Frederick's not that small of a city. No. It's the second largest city behind, isn't it, after Baltimore? Yes. Yeah. Plenty of people there have Macs. Of course. Um, Well, here we are. Fake Metamorpho has to save them all from the crazy elevator. Something's happening now with tubes spewing chemicals, and all of a sudden the building starts spinning like a dreidel. That's a good description. That's exactly what it does. It spins like a dreidel. And then the top... 
shoots off section. Saucer section. Yeah, I mean, it's spinning so quickly that it loses its top, and it's also catching on fire. Yeah, spewing chemical fire everywhere. Spewing hot globs of chemical fire. People down below running for their lives. Fake metamorpho, sapphire, Simon Stag, and Java all, and the mayor, topsy turvy within the building, mm-hmm. which is now spinning around the city and melting all the other buildings. Right. I don't know what's going to happen next. Part three. Will the real metamorpho please stand up? The final part. The spinning dome of the building is heading... About, it's heading toward a, a, a playground a full playground of children. A playground full of children. The real metamorpho has turned himself into hydrogen gas. You called that out earlier. Mm -hmm. He is creating a big, buoyant cushion of hydrogen gas to stop the spinning building. Have it safely land on the ground away from the children. children rejoice. Yes. They say words like neat and keen. Well, that's how children talked in the 60s. Mm -hmm. Um, The building starts spinning again. It's shooting nitric acid. Out on the playground. Well, that would be good for the children. I liked the words that are used to describe the sounds, like glop and swoosh. Yeah. Yeah. Glop, blop. Glop. And and swoosh. Yeah. And ploosh. So on the next page, we just get more footage of the inside. Just people just flailing. Right? Right. They're flailing about in the spinning. Is this what you were talking about when you said that each page compels you to turn to the next? Yes, there's a sense of um, of action drama. There's a sense of movement, and you just want to just turn up the next page to find out where this is going. Oh, here's a nice gag at the bottom of page twenty. Fake metamorpho jumps out of the spinning building and says, "Nave, you've made your last metamorphosis." And metamorpho says, "Nave, I thought only characters in Brandeck comics talked that way." Um, that's a reference to Marvel Comics brand X. Oh, really? Uh, because in Marvel Comics of the 60s, everyone spoke in Shakespearean dialogue. <gasps> oh. Yeah. It was kind of goofy. That's why I didn't like Marvel Comics when I was a lad. Okay. You liked the, the more popular uh, dialogue. Well, I mean, Marvel Comics were certainly more popular than DC Comics mm-hmm. then and now. But... Uh, Everybody didn't talk like it was the most important thing they were saying in the history of mankind. (laughs) Plus, DC heroes would have coffee together. Really? Talk things out. Yeah, Marvel heroes always, if they met, they would fight. So we're on page 21. Already? Uh, No, there's something interesting on page 20. No, I was just kidding. I'm I'm so over there. Okay. Um. Metamorpho is turning his right arm into a fountain of lye. Yes. Sodium hydroxide. Yes. Fake metamorpho turns his whole body into it, so nothing happens. No but reaction. then, the real metamorpho. Yes. Oh, Ex- wait. Which is real and which is fake? I don't know anymore. Yeah. I guess this is the fake one because he's saying buffoon. That's kind yep, of Shakespearean, isn't that, it? Yes, that gives us the, the, the idea that it's the old-fashioned-y one. And real metamorphos still using cool, hip slang. 
like, yow, it's reacting with the sodium, but good. So we have a little uh, chemistry experiment here, our chem- yeah, chemistry a lesson. Tet a tet. Yeah, sodium hydroxide mixed with water. And what does that do? I guess it makes the, it explode. Is that like um, Mentos in Coke? When you can make the Coke explode? Have you seen that on YouTube? Nope. <gasps> People put Mentos in a Coke bottle uh-huh. and close it up and shake it, and then it explodes. It makes like a rocket. Really? Yes. Like, how, does it, do they, like a, like a, a 1.5 like liter? Two liter. Two liter bottle. Yeah. And it, like a rocket, they just. Yeah, you put the Mentos in, uh-huh. you shake it up. It might be Diet Coke. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, and then you set it on the ground and it shoots up in the air like a rocket. Do you set it on the ground with with the top facing down, or? Um, I'm gonna have to get back to you on that. Okay, I haven't done my research ahead of time. I mean, because if it really shoots up a rocket, could it shoot at you and hurt you? Oh yeah, it's very dangerous. That's why there's YouTube videos, of oh people doing God. it with the risk of getting hurt. Round two of the Battle of the Element Men is beginning on page twenty two. Now here's where I see the similarities to the Metal Men because. Both metamorphos have turned themselves into hollow containers, mm-hmm. which are containing other elements, which I guess they've also created. So, fake metamorphos turned himself into a vat of nitroglycerin, and real metamorpho has turned himself into a charcoal tube. And is sucking the nitroglycerin into his own body. Right. I don't understand how any of this works. No, I don't either. But he says something like, um, uh, "Got to convert it into porous. Got to convert into porous charcoal to absorb that stuff, just like a dynamite stick." Is dynamite made of charcoal? No, I, I'm, I'm. I mean, I, I don't know about these things. Well, I don't. I, I mean, I mean, dynamite has nitroglycerin in it, I suppose. Uh, well, uh, that figures, we need our chemical expert here. Do you know I have a very high aptitude for natural sciences? Do you? I'm sure I would have been a great proficient had I ever learned. Had I ever learned? Um, now both metamorphos are melting. Thank God. <laughs> No, we don't want the good metamorpho to melt. It just means that we're drawing to the end of the story. You don't like the story? Oh, it's it, it's a bit long. One element man arises from the wreckage of the fight with a hiss, blop, blop. Right. But which one is it? We don't know. We sure don't. Sapphire, look at that tear. That single Poor tear thing dripping down your face. Those giant cat eyes. Do we call those cat eyes? Well, what else could they be? Well, I don't know. It looks like she just has... It looks like her pupils are made of candy. that They're just <laughs> stuck on her face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yes! I do. Ribbon candy. Like those, those blue mints. So, whichever metamorpho this is, is shooting up into the atmosphere. As a hydrogen... Uh, as hydrogen gas. Gas. And then converts himself into uh, a carbon and iron meteorite. Right. Gains speed and catches fire as it re-enters the atmosphere. And plunges plunging into the, into the chemical, chemo, skyscraper. chemical skyscraper. Chemo skyscraper. Yep, yep. 
Chemo scraper is completely gone. Right. It was the real metamorpho. Leaving behind edifice cable work, now turned back to human form and ripped. Look at him. I should only look so good. Now. He kind of looks like Uncle Sam. Yes, but ripped. Well, I I mean, honestly, that's probably what Uncle Sam looks like, shirtless. Hmm. Right? Sure. He's the American ideal. Yeah. Only just old with a goatee. Right. Chemo scraper is gone. Simon Stagg is comforting. Not quite sure uh, if uh, 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 K. Bulwark, what is his name again? Edifice K. Bulwark? Edifice K. Bulwark, yeah. Um, Is going to jail or not? I have no idea what's going on with him. Probably not because rich people don't go to jail. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So uh, that's the end. Happy ending for everyone except for Edifice K. Bulwark and Java. Because Java doesn't get the girl. He doesn't no, get Sapphire. And Edith K. Bulwark does not get to destroy all the other buildings, which were made by his competitors. Correct. Apparently, that is the super objective here in this story. To destroy all of the buildings. All the competitors' buildings. Well, that's kind of how it works in the real world. Well, I liked the story for the uh, the artwork, the sense of drama, the way it did move forward. I thought after a while, I was like, okay, this story is really dragging on here. Yeah, I didn't like the artwork. I have to tell you. You didn't? No. Oh. Um, I don't like artwork that looks like I could have drawn it. I've seen your drawings. Yes. I think you're right. You could have drawn this. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. Well, you aren't. Um, you aren't. Now, you aren't a, one, a per- professional artist. I, I like your drawings very, very much. I do appreciate the panel placement. We're doing a lot of experimenting with panel sizes and shapes. Yes, and and the, the, they're they're not all symmetrical, and some of them bleed into the other ones. So this is the reason you, I you, say. You notice, like in page twenty-two, you notice that that when the two metamorphos are battling each other, the figures. Go into the other panels. Yeah, yeah. bleed over. Bleed I over. Bleed over. That. Okay. Yeah. Um, now this is why I say it's the full flower of the Gogo Check generation because it's very much like the Batman TV show, isn't it? With these isn't fast it with cuts and split splat and, and different angles yeah. and and the sound effects. Yes, of course. Um. So we'll see how this develops, Bob. Know. When was this actually on the shelves? March, April, 19... Uh, on the shelves, probably January 1966. So, so had Superman... I'm sorry. Batman, Batman. Had, had just premiered in January, just right? Just premiered. Of 1966. But, so it hadn't quite caught on yet, had it? Right. But, you know, we're not going to probably just create that style out of the blue. It's grown out of things like yeah. James Bond movies and... Things like that. With okay. A very cheeky sense of humor. Yeah. Um, it's the uh, the mod 60s in London. That's where it's all coming from. Sure. The British invasion. Sure. I'm just saying that. I don't actually know if that's true. Yeah. But it makes sense to me. Okay. All right. That's all we have to say about Metamorpho. We have something very special coming up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Can you handle it? I can dig it. Uh, the our... All-American fighting men of war at war players awesome. are going to tell us all about Lieutenant Steve Savage, the balloon buster. You want to know a little bit about him? Sure. Raised in Mustang River, Wyoming, 
Steve Savage was trained by his poverty-stricken father to be a consummate marksman, learning that the gun is merely an extension of the man who wields it. At his dying father's bedside, Savage swore to make the old man proud of him by making Savage a name to be remembered. Enlisting in the Army Air Corps at the onset of World War I, Savage repeatedly disobeyed orders, breaking formation to attack and destroy the German combat balloons, Zeppelins, Zeppelins. which earned him his nickname, Balloon, Balloon Buster. Buster. Though his commanding officer, Major Michaels, continually sought to court-martial Savage, General Talbot of high command applauded his actions and demanded he be kept in combat. Um, that sounds like a setup for a sitcom, doesn't it? <laughs> a like Gomer Pyle. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to have a dramatic reading of the Steve Savage story. Great. Uh, what's the name of the story? The Ace Who Died Twice. Awesome. I hope you enjoy it. Me too. Here it is. Checkered Past proudly presents our all-American fighting men of war at war theater. Only the savage battle skies of 1917 could hold the ace who flew on after he was dead. To help the balloon buster keep a promise fighting men still whisper about in The Ace Who Died Twice. Lieutenant Steve Savage reporting for duty. Nineteen seventeen, a French airfield. It's a kraut plane attacking right over our own field. Those coffin kills on his Fokker spell out the Undertaker. The Undertaker was the only kraut ace with the icy nerve of a wildcat who'd claw at one of our spads over our own field. There's a tiny coffin dropping out of the plane. With a note inside. Read it, Savage. This is what will happen to any fool who dares to attack our observation balloons. Signed, The Undertaker. If I can only get up there, maybe I can bury him. For good. Oh no! He ripped my prop plane apart. He grounded me. When a pursuit pilot has dreams... They sure are bad, and they're usually about the same thing. Being nailed in the cockpit by enemy spandals, flying into an exploding gerb balloon, or being barbecued in a ship spinning like a torch to no man's land. But not me. I kept on reliving my own special brand of private hell when I was a kid back in Mustang River, Wyoming. Steve Savage ain't got no call to kill them poor cowpokes just because they spoke the truth. Sure, old man Savage was worthless trash and as loco as a sunstruck coyote. And his son Steve's even more spooked. I remember the official send-off I got out of town. We don't want the likes of trash like you, Savage. You'll wind up useless tumbleweed like your old man. So don't come back to Mustang River lest you want to be rid out on a rail. <laughs> there was only one person in Mustang River I had to see before I left. I'll make the whole world take notice of the name of Savage, Paul. 
You'll see. You'll see. I'll make you proud of me. Maybe it was the wind from the prairies that made me think I heard my paw. Now, Steve, nothing can stand in front of your gun sights and live. It's a gift. Be sure you use it for good. And always remember, son, I repeat, always remember. When you shoot, forget you've got eyes, arms, and legs. Forget about your heart beating, your lungs breathing. You're the gun. You're the gun. I repeat, you're the gun. Yeah, I did have a gift that my pa gave me. But I didn't have a chance to use it till sheer luck squeezed me into the Air Force and into a spad. There's the crowd gas bags that have been directing the shell fire that's been turning doughboy trenches into a mass grave. No wonder it couldn't be spotted. They're attached to a train. Can't get a beat on this gas bag. The fire is shaking my gun mount so hard I'm missing the target by a mall. The only thing that's saving this balloon hide is the guns on the train, but they're sure skinning my hide. So I went for the other balloon at the other end of the train. Can't let out the air out of the other gas bag either. Not with all them guns on the train stomping my ship to death. As I hold stick, the guns aboard that train sounded like the hooting of the people of Mustang River. That's old man Savage's kid. Worthless trash like his local old man. Ha ha ha! Imagine a useless tumbleweed like that ever amounting to anything. Ha 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 ha! I wrenched the spad back till Everwar screamed like the wind over the prayer at night. I tried, in the only way I could. I'm the gun. I'm the gun. I'm the gun! The gunners had their sights too high, figuring I was going to try for the balloons again. That was their mistake. The laughing stopped. Hear that, Paul? The laughing stopped. I told you they'd remember the name of Savage. After I got back to my field, I didn't get more than one leg out of the cockpit when... Savage, you look like a saddle tramp, not a lieutenant in the Air Force. You're not fit to be a member of this squadron, the Air Force or the Army. Know something, Major? If you was wearing a tin star instead of a maple leaf... You'd remind me of the sheriff of my hometown. Savage, I'll break you if it's the last thing I do. I'll... It's two flying ball bearers from Fritzy, the Undertaker's squadron. They must have tailed me into the field. I didn't even spot them. It's my fault they've set up this ambush. End of part one. Part two of Balloon Buster and the Ace Who Died Twice... Next. Coming soon on Checkered Past. Look, up in the sky, it's a super cat, a super horse, and Supergirl. 
At last, by popular demand from thousands of her fans, the mighty Maid of Steel stars in her own 80-page giant with her pets, Streaky and Comet, and, of course, her cousin, Superman. Plus, a surprise feature, Supergirl's Fortress of Solitude. Coming soon. And now... Part 2 of Lieutenant Steve Savage, the Balloon Buster, in the sizzling conclusion to a battle tale, The Ace Who Died Twice. As I gunned my spad across the field, the Fokker pilots lashed in me like they had bullwhips in their hands. They know I can't bring my own guns to bear on them, lest I lift my ship up. I figured they'd figure only a loco maverick would stay on the ground and get stomped. So I stayed, even when a slug blazed along my ribs. Ugh, they put their brain on me. I kept my ship glued to the ground till... The firing stopped. They passed over me. As I yanked my ship up off the field in a screaming half-loop, those owl hoots are still killing men, but now they're in front of my sights. I wasn't no fancy flyer like the Major or other aces, so I just stayed right where I was and lined up the two Fockers from the circus of the jury ace they called the Undertaker. I remember what you taught me, Paul. When you shoot, forget you've got eyes, arms, legs. Forget about your heart beating. Forget about your lungs breathing. Forget you're human. Only remember that you're the gun. I'm the gun. I'm the gun. I'm the gun. My side burned like dry grass as I almost wiped off my wheels slamming the spad down. Savage! You open the door for those Jerry's. You let them tail you to this field. You're responsible for the men they killed. I'll recommend you for a court-martial for... Major, while you recommend Lieutenant Savage for a court-martial, I'm going to recommend him for a medal for blowing up two balloons and the whole train they were attached to, not to mention the pair of fuckers he just downed. Any other pilot equal that day's work? No, General. Major, the war's going to be won by the side that does the most damage in the shortest time. By the side that has killers like Savage. How about a deal? You don't recommend him for a court-martial, and I won't recommend him for a decoration. Deal? Just as you say, General. They're turning their backs on me like I was a rattler. It was lonelier than the graveyard at Boot Hill at the field, so I took off. Savage, come back. You're stealing government property. Only borrowing transportation, Major. You can fall charges later. I was turning to town when I heard the drumming of motors and saw the street leap up. Whoa! That girl's so spooked by the bombing from that zeppelin that she can't move from that bullseye she's standing on. I managed to scoop her up with a rodeo lift just as... 
as I headed up the street, I heard the hammering of machine guns, and I could almost make out the white coffin tallies on the coal black plane of It's that crowd they call the Undertaker. He's nailing those two Newports that tried to down the Zeppelin. Monsieur, my two brothers are Newport pilots. Thank heaven they are in Paris on leave. With the dogfight over, the Undertaker began swatting at us just for the fun of it. The burning of my ribs from the slug greasing it flared up as I tumbled across the stone floor with the girl. The shelling! The shelling! My heart is splitting with the sound of shelling! The best way to forget one kind of noise is with another kind of noise. See if that gramophone can still play, and if it does, play it real loud. Oui, oui, monsieur. I didn't know how to dance, so I just stood there, holding on tight to her, till I could feel her turning soft and warm in my arms. I ain't never been close to anyone as purty as you. Monsieur, you are bleeding. You have been wounded. She made me sit down while she bandaged me. Thanks, Denise. Looks like I owe you a petticoat. No, no. It is my sacrifice for the war effort. It is like the fair lady's scarf the night of old war when he went into battle. Mon Dieu, Raoul! What happened? I thought you and Henry were on leave in Paris. We were called back this morning. Denise, Henri, Henri is dead. The two of us were shot down over this town when we attacked a Bosch Zeppelin. I am still alive, but I have no plane to avenge our brother's death at the hands of the Undertaker. Maybe I can help you out. I'm in so much trouble already. They can only hang me once for breaking another rule. Raoul, Raoul, do not fight again. Isn't Henri's death enough? Henri has saved my life more than once. I must repay my debt to him, or I will never rest. Adieu, Denise. I sneaked back to the field with Raoul while everyone else was at mess. Monsieur, you are a fighting man. You understand what a man must do. I will never be able to repay you. Good luck. Better take off afore you're spotted. Suddenly, slugs began whistling our way. Your comrades have opened fire. They cannot recognize you at this distance in the twilight. They probably think we are spies. Take off. We'll both be safer in the air. As I held on to the wing struts, I noticed the Frenchman's face turned pale with pain. Raoul, you didn't walk away from that crash without a scratch. You were hurting that dogfight. Better let me take over so I can set down the ship and get you to the medics. No, no. If you were in my place, you would do the same. Fight to the death for a loved one who was sent down in flames by a laughing killer. Promise, no matter what happens, you will let me finish the fight with the Undertaker, or I will never be able to sleep in peace again. Promise, 
promise. Okay, I promise. Raul dropped a note over the Undertaker's field, challenging him to come up and fight. The answer didn't come from the field, but from blazing slugs ripping into the back of the cockpit from a coal black ship with coffins painted on it for each victory. The Undertaker was hanging above his field all the time, waiting for someone to strafe his field the way he did to mine. I couldn't see him. That's why we flew into his sights like clay pigeons. Raul! Raul! You're hit! You promised I would finish the fight no matter what happened. You will keep your promise to a dying man. Oh, I will never rest. Your guns are jammed. We gotta hightail it out of here. We're just cold meat on the table for that Jerry Butcher. Oh. No, the fight. You promised I would finish the fight. You promised. You promised. I will fly the ship. I will tie my hands to the stick. So if I weaken, they will not fall away. He he's gone. I'm depending on a dead man's hand on the stick to fly a straight course so I can get a bead on the ace that shot him down. I thought I heard the Undertaker laugh as he saw me out on the wing, like the hooting of all the people who said my paw and me was worthless trash. I'm the gun. I'm the gun. I'm the gun! waited for the Undertaker to nail the lid down on me, but instead... He stopped laughing, Raul. I'll take the controls over now. As I headed back to the field, and what was waiting for me for breaking the rules in the Major's book, I didn't care. I kept my promise to you, Raul. You finished the fight. You flew a straight course till I could gun down the Undertaker. I'll bring you back now. And so the curtain falls on the most unpredictable fighter in the Battle of 1917, Lieutenant Steve Savage, Balloon Buster. Will he fly again with wild frenzy, battling friend and foe alike? Should he even be allowed to keep on fighting? Stay tuned.